Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 438, and today I'll be talking about For the Future, from the Owl House. I'm GC13. I'm Soren. And I'm David. This one's a doozy, huh? We had, we had a lot of fun with this one. Oh yeah. I I was expecting something much harder hitting than this. I, I actually, believe it or not, had a dream. Where I was talking to somebody, and like the joke, the joke is that he looks like some dude who would not watch the Owl House. Oh yeah, he he had watched the leak, and I asked him, oh yeah, you know, uh, we're afraid that uh, someone's gonna die, and he's like, yep, somebody does. And I'm like, oh, I'm really hoping it's not Hunter, and he's like, it is. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was your subconscious's definition of what would have been a hard hitting episode. I uh, I mean, I think that obviously it, because it's the. Uh, second to last episode of the show they can't you know pull out every stop but there's so much in here they could kill hunter off so that they could have a darkest before the dawn kind of a moment i mean technically someone definitively died in this episode because there was a still growing grim walker that uh bellows consumed yeah that was gonna be the next hunter that looked like a rotting corpse. Well, I don't think it was, because Hunter was implied to have been born as a baby, so that could have just been the next Bellos. That would go a long way towards explaining his uh, lifespan. Yeah, because, like, if he can just hop into the next body whenever he wants, like, if he's able to do that possession so easily, like, it makes sense that he's been doing more bodies over and over again, and that's how he's been fighting aging. But that is pretty interesting. Um, I, I'm just going to go top down from my notes. Um, oh, yeah. We got some new... So we didn't get that King Growth Spurt that I was hoping out for, but we did get some new styles for everybody. We got in the beginning a little clip of like what happened right after Luce and crew went through the portal. With so great musical cue, I, I always love it when they when they do stuff like that. Yes. Oh, it was phenomenal. Every single time it gets me. Yeah, they took the motifs from Ida and Rain's song together. Rain being a little flustered seeing Ida's harpy form, that was cute. And it's definitely like there was a reason that, that Bellos decided to possess Rain out of all of the puppets. It was ambulatory. None of the other puppets were walking around at the time. Like, not like Bellos had a reason, but like narratively that's going to come back. But I do think, I think, I do think Bellos would have preferentially targeted Rain had he, you know, had his pick of the litter. I think if he had his pick of the Covenheads, I don't think he would have picked Rain. I think he would have picked um Darius. Just to mess with Hunter? The best one to mess with Hunter would be Darius, I think, because he and Hunter had a bit of a relationship, but Darius is also implied to be extremely powerful, so... Oh, we've seen it. Darius is a monster, and I kind of love him. Yeah, and if Bellas doesn't know how to play any instruments, I think he's out of luck uh, <laughs> with Rain's magic. But, yeah, Rain got puppetified. Apparently, Lilith got unpuppeted. I wonder how he pulled that off. But only Lilith and nobody else. That was interesting. And then we saw that mysterious figure in, like, the in-between in the portals. Yep. What happened to knock Luz out? I get the feeling that everyone else just walked through, but she woke up on her back. Maybe because she she's been there before? Hmm. Um, but yeah, like, really interesting, like, of the two pixels you could see of that character, like, kind of masculine looking, has horns and wings. That's, th that's gonna come back later. 
I think I think I saw some people saying it's like if Sans was a Titan. <laughs> what? Oh my god. <laughs> no, that's I wouldn't place it at all. It looked I, I don't know. Like I'm just looking at it right now. It looks like it wants to tell me I'm about to have a bad time. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's got the two tiny horns. I don't know, maybe got Caleb got like demonified or something. Or maybe it's one of like the ex Grimwalkers who escaped bellows or something i don't know because it's blonde they're blonde and old looking so it could track that maybe darius's friend hunter's predecessor whatever name bellows gave him survives in the in-between i i like when when bellows is going into his uh little murder nook Mm -hmm. um and he tells them all to shut up (laughs) for one they didn't say anything bellows that was you Mm -hmm. and then two i love how one of the hunters or one of the golden guards has wonderful hair I didn't see that, but I will take your word for it and go back later. Big flowing hair. Really interesting the role that Camilla has played in the kind of group throughout the episode, because she is, like, the adult here, but she's also, like, the least experienced in this world. And her just trying to be like, okay, so the Candyline stuff is the evil, and really (laughs) taking it in stride, but also understandably being completely overwhelmed. I like she bows to the eyeball on the building. Yeah, that was it was very sweet. Camilla, I'm her number one fan. She is phenomenal. And and I really appreciated in this episode how much effort they're putting into like the psychological impact that the events have on their characters. Like the this does seem to be a, a shift I'm seeing in like kids' animation. I don't know if you've seen the Puss in Boots movie. It does also kind of touch on like psychological issues and how like the characters deal with it. But yeah, like in Steven Universe, they they did it. They had a whole like epilogue season dedicated to the dedicated to ruining the previous five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what some people will tell you, but yeah, like the 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 psychological consequences that it has on these like child soldiers, you know, who go through all of this crazy stuff and have all of this monumental pressure on them. Life's not a shonen anime, Steven. Yeah, because these are, in the end of the day, like you know, teenagers who's you know, most stressful situations up at that point was like missing an assignment. So suddenly the stakes being so high is very scary. And them being scared and overwhelmed is um very realistic. And it's very nice to see. And Camilla being like, oh, well, even after everything goes back to normal, there's still going to be so much to fix. Like, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the kind of acknowledgement mm-hmm. that just because like the villain has been defeated doesn't mean that like you can go back to the way things were. And then meanwhile, Willow is facing all of this in her imp outfit. Uh, they're all in their little Halloween costumes. Very funny. Uh, for some reason, Gus's just fits him so well. I think it's because Willow's has a tail. Every yeah. time I see it, I'm reminded that, oh, oh, this is a Halloween outfit. The fact that she's dressing as a demon is very funny. Yeah, let's see. What else? We, we got that sequence where the collector was playing the Owl House game. So we actually got to solve what King decided the game was going to be and it ended up being pretty sincere like yeah. as an actual game to play that's like playing pretend whack that they have yeah Terra's no substitute for the real thing Terra snapdragon appearing to wear sonic the hedgehog as a wig i was wondering did, <laughs> did they like take Everwolf and dye his fur or something what happened but then it turns after she gets puppetified it turns into like a cute little plushie. 
sort of thing, and it loses some of its scruff. But I swear to God, that's Sonic the Hedgehog. It even has, like, the gloves. Hmm. Come to think of it, we never saw her palisman, did we? Terra's? Oh, she definitely, all of them had to give up their palismans to Bellos when they became mm. Coven Heads. I don't know. I, I, I think Terra's, I think Terra was a favored enforcer. She might have had the right, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, if they didn't hide it somehow, then yeah, they would have had to give it up. But, yeah, this is very, very cute. I, I have an uncute question, though. Mm-hmm. In this in this episode, Gus says he knew that Hunter was a Grimwalker ever since the day of Unity, and I've been racking my brain. How did he know that again? Did were were we made privy to that and nobody told me? Um I'm not sure. Gus definitely like they all probably knew before even the Halloween tour about Gravesteel history. Like I bet Gus did the same research as Hunter did and put two and two together. And I think if Gus knew what a Grimwalker was ahead of time, it would have helped kind of put two and two together. Ah, okay. I, I just checked the wiki. Gus found out because he got to look at Bellus's memories with the magic amplifier. That was part of the fight they had. Oh, yeah. He's like traumatizing Bellus with his memories, and he got to see them at the same time. It's like a miniature ghost rider he gets to be. Okay, okay, well that's an extremely obscure moment. Good thing that you looked it up, because I would not have been able to get that answer. Yeah, so we get, we get, the characters are kind of bouncing all over the place. They go to the Owl House, and then Luce and Amity have their little moment in the nest. You, you passed over the family sweater picture. The ugly, the Aww. ugly Christmas sweater picture, that was very cute. I even have it in my notes. Um, I wasn't sure when to bring it up. With somehow Hoodie transparently laid <laughs> behind her in front of them <laughs> in there yeah. for some reason. Hootie is eternal. That was a great, great picture. Um, we learned a bit about how Amity met Ghost. Finally. Yeah, that episode, I think it was another thing that was like cut, because I bet they would have had that, like, a more time dedicated towards it, but I know that they've, yeah. they might have been cut before even the third season um, on, on time. Uh... We learned that Matholomew is actually his first and last name. His name is Matt Tholomew, implying that Steve's last name is also Tholomew, Steve Tholomew. I am so here for Steve Tholomew. That is an epic name. It's, it's like Bartholomew, right? Like Bart Bartholomew. Yeah. So it's Matt Matholomew. No, oh, he's Mantholomew now. Mantholomew. Yeah, that was really yeah, funny. Which... The post-credits. Yeah, he, he at least drew the sideburns on. He drew all <laughs> of it. Like, none of that facial hair was real. So, that's awesome. Oh, he did smudge. I think he grew, like, part of the mustache, and then he tried to go with everything. Look, I'm, I'm just saying that Matt has had a serious glow-up since his introduction as being the douchebag usurper of the Human Appreciation Society. I mean, he's still an obnoxious little gremlin, but... He already had through the looking glass ruins to like redeem his soul, and then he had some great moments after that, of course. But like this is where he became truly epic. Yes, although it still hasn't dropped his obnoxious personality, but that's okay. He's got the obnoxious gremlin energy. That's just how he rolls. That's what makes him such a lovable scamp. He's using it for good. So yeah, <laughs> I will they forgive him. They can't draw him without a smirk. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, he's he's hanging out with Barkus and 
Was that Skara? Yeah, Skara. So he can't be all that. Yeah. We also got <laughs> the statue, the skateboarding statue of Bump. Phenomenal. Oh my god. If I had a bunch of teenagers make a statue of me doing sick kickflips in my honor, I, I don't think I would ever be able to... Like, that would make my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I also thought they were... I thought they were gonna cut to, you know, a statue crudely... Yeah, extremely ugly. random stuff in the... Yeah, in yeah. The school. But no, it's this immaculate stone <laughs> sculpture. Then you remember you have construction track kids here. Yeah, I mean, they do have the, the construction coven or whatever it's called, so they could easily make that stuff look really nice. So the fact that they not only made it look really nice, but they made him do sick kickflips is great. Um, a high school run by just the high schoolers, very interesting. Which also goes <laughs> to say, like, why didn't Kikimura just take over? Like, did she really have to share yeah. the power? Like, she could have easily taken over the high school by just claiming, like, seniority of age. As long as she wasn't, like, too terrible, they wouldn't have, like, usurped her. She basically did. I was trying to wonder, like, what her game was. It can't be put all the unpopular decisions onto Basha, because she's so flagrantly like, okay, I'm telling you what to do now, Basha, and then Basha's listening to her. So it's it's flagrantly Mickey who's the problem. So yeah. unless she thinks she's being slick, which would be in character for her, let's be honest. I don't I just thought she was a better backstabber than this. Yeah. It took me a, uh, an embarrassing amount of time to realize that Kiki's little sister was the mech. <laughs> which is now bizarrely implied to be somewhat sentient. Yes! Yep. Oh my gosh! They have such a history with mythology. There's nothing but chemistry <laughs> between us. Because it's been walking around all those months without her piloting it. So, obviously, like, it has some sort of loyalty to Kiki. If Mytholobule rides that Abomatron in the final episode, I'm going to lose my mind. Because <laughs> they had such great chemistry together. Yeah, that's hilarious. And then after this, we got a little bit of like a cryptic lore dump. King mm. reading the Collector, the bedtime yes. story. Because we got confirmation that there are more than one Collector. There were Collectors, lots of them. That they live long and that their goal is to preserve knowledge, sometimes by like physically petrifying actual living things in the world. Maybe that might be their only way. So it's like a kind of a, a slightly less ethical natural history museum. And these guys are hardcore. At first I thought that the solution to the collector was going to be, okay, we're going to get some adult collectors in to, you know, get him back to, okay, collector, you're supposed to observe, not rule. And then I saw that part that he crossed out where it's like, and if they mess with us, we glass the planet. I'm like, oh, <laughs> maybe we're on our own, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, any resistance is met with annihilation. They did it, though. They did it already. That's why there's no more collectors and no more titans. Well, except for one each. So is it, like, one collector per world? Or, like, where mm. are the rest of them? I, right. I think they're just a roaming band. Did the Titan kill all of the other collectors and then trapped the baby because, I don't know, he felt bad? Would he have been an adult by now if he had not been trapped? Because obviously if these things are, you know, immortal, their childhood could last a long time. But then our collector, the kid, decided he didn't want to do that. He just wanted to play with his subjects and also, quote, hates being alone. 
So we got some implications of a pretty sad backstory with this guy. Well, I think the hates being alone might be part of, you know, how long he was trapped in that mirror for. Yeah, definitely. Also, let's see. Yeah, with the Collector, we're getting a lot of interesting lore going on with them. And obviously we only have one episode left, so they're going to have to answer it. But that was interesting. Um, King fell into one of the classic cartoon traps, though. It, it's just like that one episode of Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, we should kill the Collector! It's the exact opposite of how I really feel! Yeah, the, like, partial <laughs> eavesdropping where it got worse yeah. before it got better. Oh my god. It's like, nobody would like, ever a phrase it that way. permanent solution? <laughs> yeah. Permanent by talking to him. In the real world, King would have immediately said, he's just a kid. He would not have said, no, we need to go harder than that by being nicer to him. <laughs> and the fact that the collector tabbed out at that point, not listening mm-hmm. to how they were going to plan to kill him, like, yeah, uh, they ca- probably could have been organized a little bit better, but whatever. It's a really common cartoon trope. We, we need some conflict. I hate it every time. Bellos. You know, we don't we don't have that much time, right? Like, Bellos only has so much time to worm his way into the Collector's head. So, it needs to kind of be condensed. He needs to do it metaphorically before he does it literally. Right, exactly. What was he going to do with the Collector, by the way? He really thinks he was going to be able to possess a god? Really? Eh, it wouldn't be the first time a bad guy has tried to usurp the heavens, so... Yeah. I mean, all it took the Collector to kill him was to, like, flick him against the wall. That didn't kill him, that just irritated him. Yeah, you gotta take apart the the grease one by one, drop by drop, because apparently, like, he can crawl back from the brink Uh by just killing enough animals. Yeah, not a bad power to have. I mean, as long as he can keep making his lab-grown bodies, who cares? But that that is pretty interesting, how they've developed his power. Oh, oh, GC, maybe you know this. When they bring Puppet... Hootie back to the cave and he says that line to Lilith. What is he referencing? Hmm. I didn't catch that as a reference to anything. Is he just waxing poetically? Yeah, he was basically waxing poetically. He he was I, I didn't catch that as being any specific reference. Okay, because I was thinking it was like some sort of classic literature or, or Shakespeare or whatever. I mean it was definitely meant to sound Shakespearean if it was not quoting a specific Shakespearean play. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm kind of hopping back and forth because my notes were done in the order as I was watching them in that <laughs> episode and the scenes popped back and forth. But um, Kiki, hilarious. Like, I actually fell for Kiki's disguise in the very beginning because she just does a really good high schooler speak impression, um, which I could never do. Like, if you put me. Yeah. If you had me, like, try and blend in with high schoolers, I would find them insufferable. I would not be able to keep <laughs> that up. Oh my God. If I had to learn all their stupid little TikTok slangs, like, I'm hearing kids say the word riz, and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what is that? What, oh, hap- no. what happened to the word game, right? If it doesn't mean risible, then I don't know what it means. It means a game. Okay. I'm sorry, I'll just stick with drip. That's my young people. Drip lingo. is drip is outfit. <laughs> yeah, yes. I know, but I'll just, I'll just oh stick with gosh. drip. Oh my gosh. I'm literally only in my 20s, and I already have no idea what high schoolers are talking about. Anyway, um, I, <laughs> I could not. I could not. Like, if I was in charge of them as the adult in the room, whatever. But I could not, like, force myself to blend in with high schoolers. I, 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 would, I would hate it. I would hate them. Um, <laughs> which is fine. I guess that's part of, like, growing up or whatever. I literally did start this podcast in high school. 
So you you can grow up with me if you would like <laughs> to start from the beginning. But yeah, that's very funny. But I I totally bought Kiki Mora's shtick too. It wasn't until the the laugh and even even loose is like, oh no, not you. <laughs> I was getting it once she started like talking in Bosha's ear. I was like, oh, is that Kiki? But wasn't like convinced until Luce said it. Because I was kind of wondering, it's like, mm, very bold choice introducing new characters this late in the game. <laughs> right. And then it's like, nope, they didn't. Yeah, it was Kiki. So I, I even knew it was weird for Mickey to be around. Yes. Let's see, what else we got? Um, Collectors wiped out the Titans. And I wonder if the Titans wiped out the Collectors and the Collector was in, like, if our, the Boiling Isles Titan and then the Collector were the last two. The Collector doesn't seem to be aware that the others are dead. Mm-hmm. There, There's more, he seems to regard them as a bunch of old no-funs. Yeah. Who, like, you'd figure he would have mentioned that, oh, you know, they're all gone now, so I corrected it. Mm-hmm. Anything else about the Collector and the Titans? Because I, I hate swapping subjects so much, but that's just how the show, the episode was structured. Yeah, yeah, it's almost hard to, like, track... Like, even talking about it in order feels... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Doing everything, which, yeah, some... Yeah. I wish that some of these things could have been entire episodes. It it just hurts. Yeah, oh my god, this easily could have been a season. Also, we got the Luces revealing her palisman. Yes. Which is great. Before that, we got excellent little moments of um, Camilla revealing past mistakes including scheduling her wisdom tooth surgery before her wedding. Oh, come yeah. on. Being part of a pyramid scheme for three years has to take the cake. No, because, like, that's not... Oh, you, you have to be bad at scheduling. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you get to the point where the, the office is calling you and they're like, hey, your surgery's scheduled up and you don't realize, oh, my wedding is also next week. Like, you didn't go through with the surgery. Okay, be be honest. Does does Camilla seem like the kind of bridezilla who would plan a big extravagant wedding? Maybe. Probably just a small ceremony with some close family. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Maybe that does track. Moving to Gravesfield, that was sad. You know, both of them had ah, gone through that. The last mistake. Oh my god. That's something she beats herself up self up over. She had no way of knowing. But the pyramid scheme, being part of a pyramid scheme for three years. That's embarrassing. How do you not realize? I don't know, maybe she was making, like, a little bit of money. Just very, very little. Or, like, the cost-benefit wasn't clear until later on. Because that's how they get you, right? Maybe making as much money as a rest- as a restaurant manager might make, and she just thinks it's normal, doesn't realize what she's doing to her quote-unquote employees. Yeah, it also explains why Luce is so on it with guessing scams. Like, <laughs> I, I bet she was very aware that her mom did that. And then, yeah, her beating herself up for not standing up for Luce, like, we've talked about it before, but yeah, her saying it and, you know, kind of talking about it with Luce, it was very sweet. And then Luce just being like, oh, I just want to be understood, like, very cheesy, but also very, very touching. Uh. (laughs) And the fact that they extended the reveal even further into the episode. She has an entire fight scene with uh, a shrouded palisman. Yes, and all the other characters, like... Like, who gave the baby a gun when Luce has, like, a big, <laughs> powerful staff? Yeah, I wonder how much magic palisman have on their own. Because they can fly, right? And they can be used, I guess, to augment or amplify a witch's own magic. 
And even a human can blast like that. Yeah, but it, maybe also just because it was, like, brand new, it had a little extra power. But also, Hunter, like, Flapjack gave him his teleporting powers, yes. like, assumed taken from the artificial staff, right? Because the original teleportation power of Hunter had it before he had Flapjack. He He got it from his magic staff. And so Flapjack, like, took those powers somehow, and then by merging with Hunter, now Hunter just has those powers. Hmm. I wonder if the magic of the artificial staff was based off of... Palisman uh, magic? Flapjack's power, because Flapjack would have been Caleb's palisman, and so it would only make sense for Bellows to design, well, his replacement staff, he should have the powers that Caleb had. Yeah, it could also just be like Palisman magic. Or oh, I don't, I don't see Bellows giving away Palisman magic to anything yeah. besides his own body. Uh, maybe back when they were less rare, the staff is like a relic or something. Yeah, and then String Bean, the reveal of String Bean, the absolute most middle school fursona ass Palisman <laughs> possible. Oh my god, the original it's character, original character, do not steal <laughs> in every possible way. It. Which completely fits loose in, like in every way. Do you know how many furries have like, they have their main persona, but their persona is a shapeshifter, and they keep like the same design elements and color scheme. Very, very, very popular. Um, loses a furry, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but to correct you, it is a snake shifter. A which... snake shifter. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations to this team for coming up with that name. This is awesome. <laughs> Yes, and that, like what, it still stays little though. So I wonder what the utility of being a snake shifter is. Like it can sneak through pipes as the snake, but it can always fly. Like it can echolocate as a bat. Maybe it can breathe fire as a dragon, or something like that. Eh, don't don't overthink it. It's it's cool. Luz doesn't know what she's gonna be. String Bean doesn't know what she's gonna be. <laughs> this is rule of cool first and foremost. Um, but also, like, they have a lot of really cool ideas that they could do with this. Like, if Luz can cast fire now without glyphs because the palisman can transform into a dragon and breathe fire, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure she can just uh, hyper beam somebody if she wants them to not exist anymore, so. I don't think we need to worry about shape-shifting. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a consistent power she has, or that's just, like, Palisman being hatched. If Luz does not hit Bellos with the wave motion cannon in the last episode, Get I will be beamed. almost as disappointed as if Metholomiel does not ride in the Abomatron. Yeah, punching a hole through his head, <laughs> how about a hole through his entire body? And all of the rocks, hills, and environments behind him. Yeah, I, I hope you guys didn't like that moon, because it was kind of my backstop. <laughs> oh, another uh, a messed up moon because somebody cast a, a bad magic spell would, would be just taken right out of Little Witch Academia. Yeah, just, just cut to Little Miss Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a messed up moon is a very common <laughs> trope. Like, I'm surprised that the Boiling Isles doesn't have a messed up moon. Like, before Lucy even wow. came there. There hasn't been a string bean before. Hasn't been a string beat. That's true. Wait, so, okay, I I heard, I know we're nearly near the end of the episode, so I feel safe doing some speculation, but, you yes. know, we're talking about, uh, you know, hyper-beaming away Bellos' body. What, what do we think's really happening with Bellos? Is his fate just to be 
killed by Luz. It doesn't it doesn't feel in Luz's nature to uh, just murder. Does does he disappear for some other reason? Does he uh, turn into a ghost and, and meet his brother ghost one last time? Like what's what's happening here? End game for Bellos. Uh, Caleb comes back and kills him. <laughs> just that. Love it. End game for Bellos. No, has to be. The either king or the collector or quite possibly both doing a joint pinky swear seal him away in a mirror. Mm. Come on, it's so poetic. It's too open ended, right? Like Shira ended with them killing the bad guy, just <laughs> unwritten from existence, as like an idea of like the cycle ends now, right? Because the thing about Bellos is that given the opportunity, he will come back. All it takes is one little finger-sized bit of slime, and he came back, so... But a titan has to let him out first. Mm. And if the Collector takes him away into space, then that's not too likely to happen in the future now, is it? He's going to have to be friends with the Collector forever! Yeah, or maybe he's like, I don't know, slimed up, put him in a bottle with a cork seal... Oh my god. And force him to watch uh, Hunter and Willow's wedding? Something like that. Um, <laughs> I saw that webcomic. Or or Luce and Amity, Hunter and Willow, they have a joint wedding, save some money. <laughs> but yeah, like, he's a liquid, so right, like, put him in a jar, and then, you know, make that jar lost at sea or something. Oh, oh, that's not open-ended, but putting him in a mirror is. Listen, like... I wouldn't have a problem if he died. I think the collector, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta put him in the jar, and then you gotta shake the jar a lot until he stops talking. Nail that jar to yourself, and then when that jar arrives, <laughs> you burn it. it with a mega cannon. Um, they put him in a jar, but like leave it half full of air and just shake it forever until he stops talking. <laughs> okay, so great, great predicted fate. <laughs> for him what about the collector i see him as becoming a sort of like god slash what's the word like a watchman of the boiling isles an overseer yeah like you know like he's just sort of there to make sure that like he runs a more ethical natural history museum now right <laughs> he lets the history progress naturally it's brilliant Collects dead specimens, you know, has a really cool museum in the Boiling Isles. Everybody can see their history, whatever. Maybe they can bring back the palestrum trees, because if he has, like, records of it. What was that hectaceous animal that went extinct that they had in the flashback episodes? The stone sleeper. Yes, yes. Bring back some stone sleepers. Um, The basilisks, right? Uh, That's I bet that's how Bellos got the basilisks from the collector, because the collector had like preserves or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah like the collector being a sort of like guardian slash watchman of the boiling isles and you know you can go play game nights with him yeah i don't know i think he keeps the archive up there but i i kind of expect him to go off into space maybe he comes back to visit every so often but you know he's got to see the world worlds i should say throw him in the kindergarten class you know, I bet they love to play games. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Those those guys do not need any encouragement. <laughs> that kid would be able to keep him in line. The red demon. Yeah. Drax's kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Draxus would be able to keep him 
keep him in line. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think the lesson being learned of you can't play pretend unless everybody else is in agreement with you. That sort of thing, like how to play games with others in a way that everybody has fun. Because if it's not, if everybody's not having fun, it's just bullying, essentially. Like, that's a, that's a cute little lesson to kind of teach him because it, it kind of works with the development age quote that he's at, right? Because obviously he's not five, he's immortal, but the idea of like how to play with your peers. I do expect that to be the route they go, but I'm still crossing my fingers and hoping for the buddy bears to show up and drop 16 ton safes on him until he agrees to be nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I liked how Camilla called him a little space cherub. That was cute. <laughs> yeah, he's the bad guy? What? <laughs> he is genuinely adorable. Yeah, he's he's grown on me. He's grown on me. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's just terrifying because it's like, what if you gave a five-year-old the nuclear launch codes and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's, like... it's, it's honestly genius. Like, it's crazy <laughs> that they have, I mean, it's almost you know, kind of obvious and easy, but they, they planned, like, this ultimately terrible bad guy, right? Like, Bellos is, you know, this show, yes, it takes place in the demon realm, and oh, these things look gross and nasty and scary. But, like, Bellows still, in my mind, stands in pretty stark contrast to most of the content of the episodes and, like, the themes and, like, just the scenarios that happen. Like, all the stuff he does is significantly darker, horrible, and involved just, like, the worst ideas of what, like, a human could do if he showed up <laughs> in, in yeah. this world, right? Like, it's so bad. And so, you know, all of these, you know, types of shows, it's like, well, actually, there's one level higher bad guy. That's <laughs> ex an extremely common trope. But here they're like, and it's just a little baby. <laughs> like, that's it. It's just some little kid. Yeah. And it's like, you can't even hold him to the same standards of ethics as you would like Bellows. So it's like, okay. No, we need it's it. so confusing. Like, how do you teach a five-year-old to share when they could kill you? Right? Like, how do you, how, like, hey, little Timmy, um, you can't push your friends and you have to take turns with the Legos. If you're going to push your friend again, you're going to be in timeout. You can't do that with the collector. How are you going to yeah, put the collector in timeout? Like it was an infinite timeout. <laughs> you can't, like, the collector was in timeout for, like, thousands of years, maybe. So, it didn't work. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to just have character, like, you know, in Steven Universe, could they have tried to just kill the the gods and solve the, the homeworld problems? Like, maybe. Here, it's not even a suggestion. It's like, we literally, we can't kill this child. I mean, one, he's immortal, so that's, you know, and yeah, you can luck. just yeah. control reality, so good luck. But it just, it fundamentally like, it changes creates the a scenario that you know. Yeah, the, the whole <laughs> space changes, and... I just love it. It's so weird compared to, to compared to the end of like Gravity Falls, where once Bill Cipher's in control and the you know all the crazy stuff happens, you're like, oh, this is more dark and horrible than it's ever been. Versus this kid takes over, and yeah, there are some creepy floating around star eyeball things, but uh, you know most of the world's just covered in like stars and it's all painted childlike. That's just I love that. This is not what Bellos <laughs> would have imagined at all. For yeah. this entity that was helping him, you know, do all these horrible things. Remember, the Collector was gleeful at the thought of everybody dying at the Day of Unity. So let's not make him too innocent in our minds. I think he just didn't care. I, he doesn't see life as, like, 
inherently valuable. The tiniest bit precious. He thinks we eat gravity. Yeah, he sees it, he (laughs) sees, like, other living things as, like, toys, right? So the, he, he is slightly more moral than the other collectors, not necessarily because he sees the value of life, but because he's like, why are you throwing away perfectly good toys? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. I mean, the, the the collector is basically a child with a magnifying glass torching a bunch of ants for fun. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you give the ants an obstacle course? I think they'd like that more. <laughs> uh, but he's like, but that's hard, and I like burning them. <laughs> I, I hope King talks some sense into it, but something that interested me very much with Bellows... Uh, we've gotten earlier in the series, just all throughout it, he seems to be keenly aware of what's going on on the Boiling Isles. You know, he saw, you know, Luz and the others when they were stealing the healing hat. He was aware that Rain was a turncloak. And now, uh, he, he was aware that if I get the Collector to tune in right now, King is betraying him as we speak. Yeah, he does kind of have that, like, villain knows way more information than they should to make them seem more scary and powerful thing going on no this is a consistent character trait this is this is a power he has that they may not have ever explained it but they've used it very consistently hmm um yeah i wonder if they're just pulling that trait about him for plot reasons because there are points where bellos is in the dark right where he doesn't know what's happening so yeah, maybe they will explain how he has all this information. He's also, like, a little slinky ball of slime who can cover <laughs> a lot of ground very quickly. So I think, like, if he does his rounds on Bonesboro and all the areas and, like, eavesdrops in enough situations, gets some bearings, gets some lay of the land, he could get more information than others would. Yeah, but he still wouldn't know about the healing hat. That was in his own castle. Right in his own turf under his own reign, so I could see him having magical security cameras. I mean, it is kind of interesting that those objects were completely unguarded. Doesn't he, in that season one finale, like astral project or something? Like he talks to Luz, even though he's not in yep. the same room as her. Like he has that sort of presence outside his own body, at least demonstrated there. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, if you're going to have the relics unguarded, right, he's going to have an alarm system, immediately catch whoever takes it, and then either dispose of them, because it's somebody who's trying to mess with him, or recruit them, because it's somebody who's powerful, and whose skills could be used for his benefit. You're an ambitious soul. I like that. Have you met Kiki Mora? Well, here's, well, like, Bellus is essentially setting up a speed trap with his relics, right? He's like, oh, look at these powerful, unguarded relics that can give you can grant all of your wishes and dreams and then like right around the corner he's sitting there with a speed gun <laughs> trying to catch the people who would steal he's he's cunning enough yeah i just don't think that's how he recruited kiki mora for one that hat would not fit her oh kiki kiki probably sucked up to bellows from day one knowing her anyway guys that's it for us on for the future join us next week until then i'm gc13 I'm Soren. And I'm David. Leave us a comment or a review. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>